Number one, be clear on where you're going. Two, how am I allocating resources to help me get there? And then three, you got to fall in love with measuring your progress. It's so incredibly important to measure what you're doing, measure the effectiveness of what you're doing. Am I allocating resources in a way that's helping me get closer to my outcome, hitting my objective and all of those things? And so I would say those would be the top three things I think are most important. I spent the last 17 years building my eight-figure performance business without using any of my own money, working with some of the most brilliant direct response marketers in the world today. Now I'm looking for entrepreneurs to join my affiliate army, built on ethics, transparency, and good old hard work. Join me to change the perception of how people view the greatest business in the world, affiliate marketing, and follow along as I learn, apply, and share performance marketing strategies working with some of the brightest people on the planet. My name is Eric Beer, and welcome to the Performance Marketer Podcast. Hey everybody, what's up? Eric here, and welcome to Performance Marketers Podcast. Now, I speak with entrepreneurs daily. I speak with visionaries, marketers, really clever people, creative people who are making a big impact and changing the world. However, the most amazing pattern I see in almost every business with every entrepreneur is the lack of organizational structure. All decisions coming from one person that bottlenecks the growth of the business, communications lacking between people in the company, you're not sure how to hire the right people, or maybe you're not sure how to fire someone. For many of us, we can't even take a vacation because we have no one to watch the store. So for today's episode, I decided to bring in James P. Friel to the show. I was lucky enough to cross paths with him at one of the inner circles in Boise, Idaho earlier this year. And when I met him, it was very clear how educated he is and his resume and experience speak for itself. What I did not expect was for him to be as clever and witty as he is. He has a great personality, a way of just making you smile and laugh. He's one of those guys you can call when things are down and he'll find a way to make you laugh somehow, some way. And he's always willing to lend a helping hand. Now, James has taken all of his experience from investing in buying companies to create a framework that helps hustling entrepreneurs create an organizational structure that can be implemented in your business, even if you work remote with people all over the world. He teaches you how to get your life back and at the same time shows you how to turn your business into a scalable asset that runs with or without you. James' program shows you how to maximize your team and multiply your profits. So let's get ready for today's episode where we sit down with James P. Friel And make sure you listen until the end of the show because James is going to give away his little black book for free for all my performance marketers out there. So let's dive in and get started. I'm here with James P. Friel, someone that helps hustling entrepreneurs become effective CEOs. James, I met Inner Circle at Russell Brunson's in Boise, and he's probably one of the wittier guys I've met in a long time. (laughs) A lot of fun. He's funny even when he's not trying to be funny. So be prepared for this today. Uh Uh, I feel like the expectation is set pretty high now. Well, you made me smile more than one time as I've watched you do things. And you're effective in a way where you're able to bring value to the table, but you also make people laugh. And that's important. Welcome, James. Great to have you. Yeah, thanks, Eric. It's great to be here, man. 
Yeah, this is exciting. I know you're traveling a lot, so appreciate you taking the time during the holidays. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So why don't we dive in first and just kind of talk a little bit about you and where you've come from, how you got into this business. Yeah. I think Steve Jobs once said, when you look backwards, it's easy to connect the dots. But when you're going forward, it's not so easy. And I feel like that's definitely been my experience in my career so far. I started out studying engineering in college, got into software, worked for big corporations for 10 years. And the one thing that was pretty interesting is the more things I did, the more I was interested in how people can be more effective. And when whether it was designing software, how can we make it easy for people to use, or designing marketing campaigns and understanding people purchase and buy and what they're thinking about. And ultimately, I found myself running a pretty good-sized team for really one of the biggest banks in the world. And then I turn to, well, how do I lead this team most effectively? And how do I get us to produce the best results? And ultimately, I left that corporate job eight years ago, a little over eight years ago, and started my own businesses. And as soon as I started my own businesses, I realized that all of the infrastructure that I had enjoyed working for a corporation was non-existent in my own business. And I had to figure out how to build it. And so for the last number of years, I've run uh, consulting firms and marketing agencies. And probably over the last 4 or 5 years, it's really actually been mostly focused on helping entrepreneurs figure out how to get the most out of themselves and the most out of their team, but put the infrastructure in place that enables them to not work in their business all the time, but be able to work on their business and create something that works for them instead of feeling like they're stuck at their desk or working 80 hours a week all the time. Yeah, I could see. I've been running my business for a long time and there's no question about it. The, the guy who's running his company tends to bottleneck a lot of the decisions that are being made and then he's feeling overwhelmed and it becomes problematic and the people that are working for them don't know what to do or how to act and they're waiting on the main guy to make the decision. Yeah. So I feel your pain. I get it. I've seen it. It's people, I mean, the small businesses out in the world today, it's just growing every single day there's a new business and people don't know how to run their company. It's interesting that you're, you're going down this path because it's something that everybody needs and they don't even realize they need it sometimes. There are 30.2 million small businesses in this country and that comprises 99.9% .9 of all United States businesses. Yeah, that's incredible. And, and the crazy thing about it is both businesses, somebody started because they had a good idea for a product, they had a good service idea, they were like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? Or they were an expert at something, you know, like baker wants to start a bakery or chef wants to start a restaurant. And most of them are not prepared to run a business they're like idea people or they're passionate about something. And this whole idea of, you know, how do I put systems in place and how do I build a team around me and how do I turn my idea into a business becomes so important because the failure rate on all those businesses is in incredibly high. And it's not high because they had a bad idea. It's high because there's poor execution on what was probably a decent idea or at least an average idea. And that's where, where it's time for people to step up at on their journey of being a owner and entrepreneurs say, okay, how am I actually going to make sure that this is a business that's sustainable, predictable, not just something that I have to keep putting blood, sweat, and tears in to keep it running? Yeah. It's, you said something there that just I think about every day where businesses need somebody that is a visionary, 
someone that has the strategy and the dreams of what the business can be. But just as important is the execution part of it. And if you can't execute, then they just remain dreams, right? Yeah. And what you're saying here is really important for people that are just out in the world and have these amazing dreams and ideas, but they don't know how to do it, right? So it's the question is, when you're starting your business, like how do you know when you should hire or who should you hire? Without yeah. cash flow, who's the most important person? How do you start it? What's the process? Yeah, it's a great question. I think this one question is what causes people to stay stuck for way longer than they have to be stuck. And there's a couple different ways of thinking about this. But at first, the way that I tell people is... So I used to have a pizza delivery driver job at Pop John in college. Honestly, it was one of my favorite jobs. Everybody's happy to see the pizza guy at the door. And they're like, oh, the pizza guy's here, right? It's, and so it's fun. And, and I would listen to all these audio books when I was driving around, Tony Robbins, things on sales, things on personal development, like all this stuff. And I actually, I really enjoyed it. And on average, I probably made 10 to $15 an hour $15 an hour on a good day when tips were good and 10 when they weren't so good. And, and so if one day I woke up and I said, you know what, I'm, I, I enjoy being an entrepreneur and you know, let's say I make $1,000 an hour, but I just really miss being a pizza delivery driver. I just, I'm dying to go back to it. Like I miss the fanfare. And I decide to go and I leave my business and I don't put any effort in my business and I drive around delivering pizza all day for 10 hours. They, here's $100, right? $10 an hour times 10 hours. And then I ask people, well, how much did I really make that day? If my capability, I can make $1,000 an hour and I went and I made 10 instead, I didn't make $100 that day. I lost $9,900. And when you hire people, you're not necessarily paying them for their time. You're buying back your own time at a discount. And so when you can buy your time back at a discount, you need to do that. And the beautiful thing about the economy that we live in today is I don't have to go out and hire a full-time person for some big role inside of my company. I can hire an admin or an assistant or something like that for $10 an hour, $15 an hour, for 5 hours a week or 10 hours a week for whatever amount of time I should be spending on high-value tasks. I should start incrementally offloading things to other people do those cheaper because I'm buying things back at a discount, buying my time back at a discount. And so I think one of the things that gets in people's way is they see this as an all or nothing decision. Like, oh, I, you know, I got to go hire my first person. It becomes this big daunting thing instead of saying, well, here's five things that are on my plate right now that I know are not the highest and best use of my time. And I can pay somebody to do them what I'm charging my clients or what I could realistically make if I put that time back to productive use and incrementally start getting those things off of my plate so that I free up bandwidth because the scarce resource is not money. The scarce resource is time and attention. And as long as we cling to doing everything ourselves without incrementally getting things off of our plate, we're going to stay in a place where we're stuck and not able to grow. And it's we start freeing up that time, even if it's a little bit at a time, right? It doesn't have to be all at once. It really starts to compound and make a huge difference over the long term. So when somebody's starting their business, 
Do you recommend that they start off with building out an org chart? Is there a template that they can follow? Is how, like, how yeah. do you know what you need? And then at that point, when you're, when you're doing that, at the timing of what's the most important versus the least important, buying back your time is great, but if you're not making money yet, it's I got to make money first, and then I got to figure out who can help me with scaling my business, right? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, you're starting and it's your very, you know, it's day one. Yeah, you go out and you need to make money. Like, there's no question. You need to, you need to have paying customers who are paying you for a product, they're paying you for a service, whatever the case, whatever your business happens to be. And that, that really is the catalyst for everything else. And if you don't have that figured out yet, your chief job is to figure that out. Like, how do I start getting people to pay me money? Once people start paying you money, then your goal is to focus more of your effort on how do I expand that and how do I continue to grow that. And the only way that you're going to be able to put as much effort and energy into expansion and growth is to start handing off the things that are probably not necessarily in your wheelhouse. So like one example is I start making money. Maybe I'm selling a product online. Do I have to do all the customer service myself? Probably not, right? Like, let me create let me create a list of answers that are commonly asked questions about how do I log into this or where's my shipping information or whatever. And if I'm spending five hours a week answering customer service questions, let me find a customer service virtual assistant who can help me with that, give them the right instructions on how to do it. And then with those newfound five hours, I'm going out and I'm expanding how we're going to grow the top line of the business. And so if we're at day one, yeah, you need to figure out and invest your time and how you're going to get those cash registering. But my experience is what happens to a lot of people is even after they get the cash register to ring, it becomes habitual for them to continue to do everything themselves. And doing everything yourself after you've gotten past that point of traction is not saving you money. It's costing you money because the highest and best use of time is developing out relationships with your customers, developing out your products, figuring out how to innovate and be competitive and create a message that really connects with everybody. And so there's a fine there on, yeah, maybe for some people who are just starting it's early to hire, but as soon as you start bringing in sales and you don't hire somebody to start doing things, it's probably you're costing yourself money. Yeah, you're talking about the opportunity cost, right? Yes, exactly. You said something there that got my interest. You said that before you actually hire somebody, you go through the process. And if you're doing your customer service, what you do is you document down that process and then you can take that document and provide it to a virtual assistant and immediately get a, a lower cost, have somebody take control of that exactly the way you want them to with your training, yeah. right? And now yep. you feel comfortable that you can move on to the next. Is that how you do that for every piece of the business? I think it's the right way to do it. And so th this comes down to most people want to hire somebody to replace themselves. They're like, oh man, if I had a clone or if I could just have somebody in here who's exactly like me. And I did that for a long time too. I was running my marketing agency years ago. I was like, man, if I could just get somebody to think about this like me, if I could get somebody to do this exactly the way that I'm doing it. And it never worked out, right? I hired and fired a whole bunch of people. And I was like, man, like, what am I doing wrong here? And then I tried all different software tools that I thought would facilitate things. And what I realized is that we need to create systems to replace ourselves. 
And people are a part of the system. And a system is people and processes and tools. And so I think the most effective way to replace yourself is to document in a process, what am I doing or what needs to be done? Then you go out and you find the person who can execute on those things. And then just make sure they're supported with whatever tools are necessary to get the job done. And the way that I see it is when you're building these systems in your business, these are like the bricks for your business and you're building your business with, with these building blocks. And so regardless of whether it's you know, the customer service thing or it's something administrative like booking appointments or booking travel or you know, scheduling meetings or whatever the case is, what's the process that we're going to use to do this? And once people have a process to follow and you have the right person in place and they're supported by the right tools, you dramatically increase the odds of that particular thing not having to fall back on your plate. And the, the way that I look at it is systems can be red, yellow, or green, right? Red is that they're non-existent. Everything takes a lot of thought. It's like exhausting. Results are few and far between. Yellow, we kind of have maybe one or two of those building blocks in peace, people, or process, or some tools or something. And then green is when we have people and process tools all working together, creating a consistent result. And when a system is at green, it's unlikely that it's going to fall back on your plate because even if that person quits or they get promoted or something else happens, it's way easier to replace that person at that stage because it's not tribal knowledge anymore. It's documented and it's easy to put somebody right in there. Like, I don't think, I'm not meaning that to say, I don't think that people are interchangeable, but I think they're replaceable when you have a good system in which they're part of that system. Yeah. And, it's interesting because you know I've started my company in 2008 and I've gone through a lot of different partnerships where the businesses were being sold. I've seen friends sell their business and I see now when I'm in this, this world where people are coaching and the experts, the way you sell your company is when you have a system, when you have a process. Someone yeah. wants to buy a company where you have the ability to remove the person buy the business and scale it. If you're that business and you get hit by a bus tomorrow, <laughs> where's the business? And there's no business. That's exactly right. And you know, it's funny, Eric, because uh, in 2013, one of my strategies for growth was actually looking to acquire companies. And I worked with a bunch of different business brokers. I looked at hundreds of companies, looked through and through, right? Like due diligence, uh, you know, financials, like everything. And one of the biggest challenges that I saw was that most people were not like if that owner left, it was like unplugging the business from life support. Yeah. And so as, as a potential investor, you don't want to buy a business like that. Yeah. And as a business owner, you don't want to run a business like that because then it's so dependent on you. It's not, it doesn't really take on life of its own. And it's so important for us as entrepreneurs to recognize that the highest and best use of our time is to create life in that business that exists without us. And in, in my companies, we have a, we have a joke, or not, not really a joke, but it's, I think everybody laughs when I say this, but I know that we're succeeding when things are JNN or James not needed, right? Okay. Like that's when we're succeeding, right? And that's my goal is to continue to replace myself through systems so that I can focus on doing things like this, right? 
having having a conversation with you about what we're up to as to being inside my business, toiling away at the things that really aren't the best use of my time. No doubt. I mean, I have in my firm, I have so many great guys. There's been times where I don't have anything to do and I'm looking around thinking, oh my God, like I should be working. But everybody's <laughs> got it handled to a point where I could leave the business. I could try to go off and start something new or work on your business instead of inside your business is what you're saying. And that's, that's really powerful when you can get to that point. And you said something there that reminds me of what Russell says when it's, it's not the how, it's the who, right? And mm-hmm. that's all about focusing on your skill set. And what you're saying here is ultimately finding a system where you can do what you're best at and then everybody else will help you take it to the next level, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And one of the one of the exercises that I have in um, the new hiring program that I created is called uh, the Big Five. And the way that I look at it is instead of having your stuff that you're supposed to do and then trying to cram in the things that you should be doing, right? Like Stephen Covey talked about the things that are important but not urgent are generally the things that like make the biggest leaps for us. And I think those are the things that get neglected a lot of times because they're not urgent. And instead of trying to say, all right, well, someday I'm going to fit those important things in, I rather go at it and say, all right, what are the top five most important things that I should be focused on? Clarify and identify what those are and then four the other things out of the way. And so it's a simple exercise, but it's super effective where you write down what are the five most important areas that you need to focus on as an individual and as a business owner. And then below that number five, write all of the other things that you're currently doing. And as time goes on, you continue to say, okay, how can I get closer and closer to focusing more and more of my time on my big five and delegating and handing off and creating systems of everything that's not part of that big five so that I'm continuing to move in the right direction. And that's a super simple exercise that anybody can take a few minutes and do. And, and it's, and it's an, you know, kind of a living thing that you want to keep track of, but it helps you have a North Star and know exactly what you're shooting for so that you're, you are focusing on the things that are the highest and best use of your time and easily identifying and handing off the things that aren't. That's great. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Hiring Like a Boss, the program you created. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's really designed for entrepreneurs and business owners who want to be able to create a team of A players to support them and help them grow their company, right? No business of has any substance or any significance and does it by themselves. Like nobody has ever done that. And it's unreasonable to think that you're going to be the first person to do it, right? I know I'm not the first person to do it. And so the program really goes over helping people identify who they should hire, who are the right people to be on your team, depending on where you are. Then how do you go find those people? Where do you find them? How do you make sure that you're hiring somebody who's going to suck? Right? Like I've done that and we've all done that. And, it, and we want to increase the odds that we find somebody who's great and who's going to stick around for a long time. And then you screen through people. How do you know how to interview them? And how do you set them up for success when they actually join the team and onboard them? So I had these types of conversations so frequently with so many of my high-end coaching clients that eventually we said, you know what? There's a lot of people who could really benefit from this. So we put a whole masterclass together called Hiring Like a Boss that really helps you understand 
a proven system on how to bring the right people on your team and make sure everybody is set up to win. Yeah. I mean, entrepreneurs don't realize that. It's so hard when you're out there, you have a vision, you're trying to make money, but then wait a second, you have to hire people. Wait a second, you have to go get an office and deal with the lease. And then you have to deal with somebody who's sick and doesn't come in or there's an issue and you have to fire somebody. I know firing is the is one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. Yeah. Is how do you handle that? Well, and so actually there's uh, there's a whole bonus in there on how to fire somebody and but but effectively the first the is you got to take the emotion out of it and it's very hard for people to do that. And so there's a there's a framework and I'll I'll highlight that right now. It's it helps people understand where is the issue here? Are they are they willing? Are they able? Are they unwilling? Are they unable or any combination of those things, right? Because I want people on my team who are willing and able. And sometimes you might have somebody who's super enthusiastic, super excited about everything. They're really willing, but they're just not able. And then on the other side, you might have somebody who you know can do, but they're just dragging their heels. They're stubborn. like they, They're just not bought in anymore. And so they're able, but they're unwilling. And helping helping people have the conversation, say, okay, things don't seem right. Like, why exactly is that? Is it a willingness issue, an ability, and having an open, frank conversation with whoever that person is, and letting them talk about it? Be like, hey, where do you think you fall in this in this matrix here? And most people will be very real if given an opportunity to have um, an honest conversation. And so from there, you know, if, if somebody so somebody might be willing, but they might not be able, but maybe that just means they need some training or some education or they need to hire a coach or a mentor or something. And so I think what happens when we need to let people go is we just see it in way too broad of strokes. We're like, okay, this is a good person. This is not a good person. That's, and, and that's not really helpful. What's helpful is to zero in on the specific issue, have a dialogue to see if it's something that can be corrected put a plan in place to correct it and then evaluate whether that plan is working. And if it is, awesome. Now you have somebody on your team who's you got to be willing and able. And if it doesn't work, you've done what you can and the other person feels like you've done the right things and they've done what they can. And then leaving is not a big deal anymore. They're like, okay, I'm not the right fit for this. Like I have literally had people come back to me months and years later who I wound up firing, thanking me for how it all worked out because it was the best decision for everybody. And so I think having a real clear framework with which to evaluate and then have those difficult conversations is is super important and that's one of the reasons we we decided to put that in as a bonus for the course is cuz yeah that's not something that's fun but it can at least be something that doesn't have to be exhausting. Yeah. And in the today's world where there's so many small businesses, there's so many entrepreneurs, you do create these systems but you want to create growth for your employees, right? Like in my company, what I like to call is, I call somebody an intrapreneur. So the concept is that they get a salary so they can pay their bills and not freak out about not being able to put the lights on for their family. However, they still have upside the same way you'd start a business on your own, but that's how you're keeping talent because you're giving them the ability to grow within your organization, right? So when that happens and you're scaling, because these people now, you're creating this process, you're teaching them what you know, your trade secrets, and now you're bringing them in. Now the scale happens. Now what happens when someone starts to get to that A level? 
do they now go and hire somebody to do that same process and they keep on taking the business to the next level? Yeah, absolutely. I had this conversation. So we just literally just got back from a, a trip to Guatemala where I was down there with a client who became a really good friend and I've been coaching him through this growth cycle for like 18 months now. And one of the conversations that we had is they have a operations manager who's been doing a phenomenal job. The business is growing. I think they grew by almost 50% last year. And the conversation was, okay, as the business grows, we need to make sure that all of the A players and all of the executives are replacing themselves with systems as the business grows. Because if we don't, then we hold everybody down and we create more bottleneck that doesn't serve any rights. My advice to them in this particular situation was take your operation manager and find a system, people process tools to replace certain aspects of what she's doing so she can go to the next level and really help to plan and forecast and stay ahead of the curve instead of feeling like just kind of holding everything together. And the faster you can identify those bottlenecks coming with anybody on the team, the faster you're going to be able to keep the throughput of the entire team wide and open and available and growth coming through the company. Yeah. Well, this is really helpful. You've obviously gone through many, many companies. You have a ton of experience. The fact that you're able to put it down into a course now that someone can pick up and have the ability to learn instead of doing it on their own is powerful. Hiring like a boss, that program alone is going to change people's businesses. But creating systems and processes is really, really important for a business owner to be able to focus on growing their business and not bottlenecking small decisions. And I know for a fact that there are other people out there that go through the same thing. I mean, this is really helpful. What you've done is you've documented and you're going to save you're going to save people a lot of time and energy and you're going to scale people's businesses. This program you put together, Hiring Like a Boss, changed the dynamic. I wish I had that when I started. I do too. Like yeah. It's actually one of the ways in which I gauged whether it was a good program. And I was like, would this have been the thing that would have made a huge difference for me? Because I, like, I didn't know what I was doing. I had a corporate background where I managed big teams, but I had never had to start a team from scratch on my own. And at various stages, and I think the six, seven, and even eight-figure entrepreneurs are not necessarily experts at this part of the business, but it's one of the places that if you understand how to do it, could dramatically accelerate growth because not everything falls on your shoulders anymore. It's amazing when we get this down to super. And do you recommend, I know today, so many people have these remote businesses where they're able to work from home, they're traveling and running these million dollar internet businesses. How do you keep that all together in a system? Is it like a Slack, a Trello, a teamwork? Are those the type of systems you're referring to when you're bringing a company together to create like a culture, even when you're not with them? Like to me, it seems that's the hardest part in this world, right? So how do you do that? So we go into that in some significant detail in the other kind of complimentary pre-managing like a boss. But it comes down to a few different things. You've got to have great culture, which comes down to making sure people understand the vision. Like, where is everybody going? What are the values that we have as a team and as a company? Right. One of the values for us is that we speak directly with each other. Like, I value direct communication. And so everybody understands the values. And then there's standards and there's expectations about... What does it mean to exhibit the values? And what does it mean to not exhibit the values? 
And so I have a virtual team. We're literally all over the world. And there is, we have just as strong of a culture inside of our team as we would if we were all sitting in the same office, right? Geography is not required in order to have a team feel like they're on, on purpose and accomplishing a mission together. And so, but just like everything else, it comes down to being deliberate and intentional about some fundamentally important things. And then, of course, you need a project management infrastructure, right? And we have various tools that, that we use to keep track of things and make sure deadlines are hit and all that sort of stuff. And then you got to have the right communication routines as well, right? How are we communicating with each other? Like, what's our planning look like? What's our, you know, our weekly meetings look like? And I just find that these are the things that can either dramatically accelerate your growth or they could be, if they're not implemented or they're not implemented properly, become a major drag on any forward velocity that you have. And yeah, so whether you're all together or you're not, doing those things is is so incredibly important and it's worth knowing how to do them and doing them deliberately. Yeah. So if you can give me the top three most important things for a business owner, what would they be? I would say number one, be clear on what you want. What is your outcome? I think a lot of people waste a lot of time not really knowing what they're going after. They're like, okay, well, I want to make money or I want success or I want this. Those are those are all pretty vague, right? But like what like paint a really clear picture. If you had to describe it, like what do you actually want? The, and the clearer that you are on that, the more you're going to be able to zero in on it. But the easier it's going to be to rally support to help you get that, right? So I think that's absolutely the first one. The second one is being clear on where your time, focus, and attention goes and how you're allocating the time, focus, and attention of all the people that are on your team. I think a really good rule of thumb is anytime you're doing a major expansion effort, which is exactly what it is, is see how close you can get to 80-20. 80% of time, focus, energy, capital all goes to running existing business. 20%, 5%, 10%, 15%, like whatever the number happens to be goes to the new, more experimental thing until it starts to show results, right? Like that's how VC firms decide whether they're going to continue to allocate cash. Okay, we hit this benchmark. Okay, now we're going to release the next round of funding. And so if you think about it that way is to say, all right, set a mark and set a line in the sand. 90% of everybody's time is over here. 90% of these people's time is over here. 10% is over here. And this is what I expect you to do during that 10% so that there's some boundaries, but you can get the best of both worlds. And so it's not an either or, it's just a, like I said, my number two thing is allocation of resource, how just being deliberate, how you allocate that resource and then measuring how it's helping you get to your expectation. One of my favorite quotes is from Warren Buffett. And he said, our job as business owners is to be the allocator of resources, right? And time, money, attention, all of those things are our resources. And as our teams grow and expand, we must be just as disciplined, if not more disciplined, to make sure we're allocating those resources in the right direction. Right. So number one, be clear on where you're going. Two, how am I allocating resources to help me get there? And then three, you got to fall in love with measuring your progress. It's so incredibly important to measure what you're doing, measure the effectiveness of what you're doing. Am I allocating resources in a way that's helping me get closer to my outcome, hitting my objective and all of those things. And so I would say those, those would be the top three things I think are most important 
everything else is kind of falls within that, right? If you're choosing to focus on sales, it's because you think allocating your time or energy on sales is going to help you get your objective more. And then you still need to measure how effective that is, right? And so I'm not going to be here. I think marketing and Facebook ads and all those other things are super important. But those are those are things that like the the tactical level. If I'm thinking about what's most important, first I want to start with principles and then what are the strategies for doing that and finally wind up with tactics. And so that's my opinion. Yeah, anyway, no, that's on yeah. That's really helpful. So I know you have a little gift for everybody that you yeah. are planning to give out and you don't yes. you don't give it anywhere. You've never given this URL out ever. That's true. This is the first time. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's that's what happens when you twisted my arm. You're like, okay, what's it going to be? So, um, so we've put together a resource which is my 50 favorite places to go and find awesome people. Right. So, a question always comes up: Where do I find great people? And so we have these. We've put a list together, super descriptive, and I call it my little black book. And so, if you go to James Little Black Book. J-A-M-E-S, littleblackbook.com. It's a free download and a free gift just for being a listener of this show. And I'm sure you're going to find it useful. And you can thank Eric for twisting my arm, making sure that I gave you guys something of extreme value today. That's awesome. That's amazing. And also, Hiring Like a Boss, that program. Check it out. You get to spend some time and see what James is all about in more detail. Well, yeah, man, this is great. I really appreciate your time. I know it's sacred to you. You can get back to uh, traveling around the world now. And uh, yeah, man, I'll talk to you soon. Happy holidays, happy new year, and be well. Thanks, Eric. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, you got it. Take care. Okay, cheers. Would you like to learn how I built my business using other people's money? If so, then go join my 21-day challenge at performancemarketersecrets.com. I look forward to meeting you and welcoming you into my family. And remember, results don't lie but the people who don't have any do. Thanks for listening.